1: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. And That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today we continue in a series called A Church for Real Life, which is centered on a mission which defines who River City Community Church is and what we do. So what is the mission that drives us and how do we understand what our role is and what God's role is in this journey to real life? The message today is called What Disciples Do. Pastor Sean says if you want to experience real life and hear from God, you've got to be in the Word. So let's dive in. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: You know, we've talked about real life. It's from that John ten ten passage. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give life. You might have life and have it more abundantly real life. And we've seen what a gift and a blessing, and that's God's heart. But yet, I promise, if I sat and talked with every one of us in here, you could quickly tell me two or three people that you know and you care about, that you love, who are man, they are far from God and they are not experiencing anything resembling real life. And your heart breaks for them. You pray for them. Maybe it's with some of them you're frustrated and you just wish things could be different. Man, you just wish that God would snap his fingers and just make everything great for them. But they seem to stiff arm God. They seem to be far from God. They seem to not be experiencing that. It might be a family member. It could be someone you work with. It could be someone you connect with in the community. I don't know. But we all have folks like that. As I'm even sharing here, faces and names are coming before your mind. I want to take just the start of this service to pray for them. Because that's what this is all about, real life. Somebody prayed for us, somebody shared with us, and because of that, we get to experience the abundant life that Christ has in us. But there are lots of people who are far from God who we know, love, and care about. And I just want to take a moment and pray for them. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the abundant life that you give. And we just lift up our friends, our relatives, our family members, our coworkers, our coworkers just those people in our lives that we so want to see come to know you, that we so want to see experience the grace and the life and the joy and the peace that comes from knowing you. I just pray, Jesus, that you would speak to their hearts right now. We think of them and we list them by name, Jesus. We pray for, and you just fill in the blank there. We pray for, and we just ask that you would do a powerful work in them. Draw them by your spirit. Lord, use us to whatever degree you you can. Help us to facilitate what you're doing. Lord, I pray that you bring other believers into their life to help encourage and facilitate what you want to do. Because, Lord, you created us for something amazing, and so many of us live so far below that. Jesus, I just pray that you would move and you would work. And we lift these friends and family members up. We pray that there'd be amazing testimonies, even in the next weeks and months, of what you did. Because we trusted you for their salvation. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. See, that's what this whole thing's about, you know. Yesterday, I performed, the I officiated the memorial service for that young man in our congregation who took his own life, and that's one of those things that, um, at times like that, all the peripheral stuff, all of the the little petty things that we get caught up in, yeah, they don't matter. It becomes real obvious what matters, and there are so many people missing what God has and living outside of the real life he has. It's a matter of life and death. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we're here. We started this conversation recognizing a church for real life is all about Jesus, isn't it? It's all about Jesus. It's not about religion. It's not about tradition. It's not about being hip and progressive, being the coolest church, you know, on the block. That is not what it is about. It's not about any of those things. It is simply about Jesus, because he's the one who gave his life to save us from our sins. He's the one who fills us with his spirit. He's the one who showed us what it means to be full of God's presence. It is all about him. And we saw that if you're gonna live real life, you're gonna have to learn to walk differently. And that sometimes that's the hardest part, right? Leaving the old. To enter into anything new, you gotta leave the old. And leaving the old can be sometimes the hardest part. And so we talked about that journey that God walked us through. And we saw real life is a journey of dependence, And then we saw real life as a journey of discipline. Dependence, learning to trust God. You know, kind of lean not on your own understanding. Learning to depend on him and trust him. And then we saw it's a journey of discipline. There's just some things that God wants to train us in and teach us that will lead to life. We talked about the root principles, remember? The principle of abiding, principle of prayer, faith. The principle of building the kingdom. Rather than just building our ministry, the principle of people. How do we see people? How does God see people? And the principles of denying the flesh. That's the last two weeks. If you want to see those kind of root principles, the things that are under the surface but that affect everything that we do around here, how God asks us to operate, you can check that out at reallife.org. Those last two weeks' messages cover that. Today I want to ask the question, what is our product? Right? Because any organization has to kind of pay attention to kind of what we do. It's easy, very easy to forget what we're about. And the church is no exception, right? You know, we, they, they ask the two, couple of questions. What's your business and how's business? Anybody who's doing something in an organization or whatever should be able to answer those questions. What's your business? How's business? And in the church, we should be able to say, okay, what's our business? How's business? If you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew 28. I'm going to begin reading at verse 18. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture to maybe many of you. Some of you maybe not, but to a lot of people who've been around the church any length of time, this is probably a fairly familiar passage. But I want us to kind of take a look at what was happening in Matthew 28 because it really gives some context. You know, Matthew 28 is the end of Matthew's gospel. It's a story, one of the stories of the life of Jesus, one of the gospels of Jesus Christ. And so you have to understand, you have these guys who have gathered, and they have been through one of the most surreal experiences that any of us can imagine. They grew up among a people who were hoping for a Messiah under the Roman Empire. Unbelievable hope in a really desperate situation. And all of a sudden, Jesus Christ comes along, and they see something in him they'd never seen in anyone else, and they put their trust in him as the Messiah. They left everything to follow him. They left homes. They left family for a time. They left their jobs. (coughs) And they got up and they followed this Jewish rabbi who they believed and understood to be God's chosen and sent Messiah. That's what they did. Well, you know how the story goes, right? For almost three years, they follow him and they see these amazing things. And then towards the very end, Jesus is arrested by the religious leaders. He's crucified by the Romans for crimes he didn't commit. And he is buried. Can you imagine that moment? I mean, you left everything to follow him, and now he's gone. And then, of course, we know how the story goes. Three days later, he's resurrected from the dead. (laughs) Imagine actually walking through that, the emotional roller coaster that these guys went through. And now there's only 11 of them because one of them was the one who had betrayed Christ to the religious leaders. And so he, in guilt, went and hung himself. So now the 12 is just the 11, and Jesus has these guys at this gathering. And Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20 says, Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Now, we hear those words, and we know that's the Great Commission. And we look at those words through the lens of 2,000 years of Christian church history. So we see this big, sweeping vision of the Great Commission. These are 11 guys gathered. They've just been rung through this emotional ringer, and they're hearing this, go make disciples of all nations. I'm, I'm sure there was almost like reverb on Jesus' voice when he said it. Of all nations, nations. And then they look, and there's 11 of them. I mean, would you feel a little inadequate? If he would have said to them, go make disciples of just Jerusalem, that would have been a daunting task. Because right now, the political, the religious climate was not in favor of that. They just crucified Jesus who walked on water. And these 11 guys are being told, not only Jerusalem or Judea or the region, go make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And thank God he said these words. And behold... I'm with you always to the end of the age. I don't know that they even understood what he meant. I mean, they knew he's with them now, but he died and resurrected. I don't even know what they felt when, a short time after this, he made his final comments to them from Acts chapter 1, and then he's ascended, and he's gone, and they're standing there. But he told them, go wait in Jerusalem. They didn't understand how fully he was going to be with them because after the day of Pentecost, they understood Jesus was not just making some sort of relational kind of, well, I'll always be in your heart kind of statement he's saying no i am literally spiritually going to always be with you when he poured out his spirit on the day of pentecost who now resides in every follower of jesus christ every disciple of jesus christ that he was literally spiritually going to be residing in every single believer he would truly be with them always and that's really good news but I think it was also at that moment that they realized, okay, see, this isn't going to change. You remember, the Jews were looking for a political leader. And they, and they realized, we're not about some political movement. We're not about, about reorganizing and restructuring Israel. We're not about overthrowing the Roman Empire. We're not about that at all. In fact, they began to understand what their assignment was about. It was about disciples. And here's a phrase that I've shared, I've shared with you before, but I want you to make note of, and I want you to remember They understood this simple principle of the church at that moment. They said, we're not making a product. We are the product. We're not making a product. We are the product. And this is so important because we can totally forget that. Here at River City, when we apply this, we understand. We're not making a product. We are the product. We're not about sermons or services or songs or any of those things. That's not what we're fundamentally about. Those are great things. I hope they help encourage you in your faith. But at the end of the day, we're not making a product. We are the product because we're about making disciples. And it's interesting to note, you notice we don't say we're not making a product. They are the product, meaning the people who we have yet to reach. No, we are the product. The product of this church is the disciples, those who are here and those who we have yet to meet and introduce to Christ. It's the people. And that's really important. The measure of this church is not our stuff that we do, but it's us. It's who we are. That's what this is all about. See, our mission is to make disciples. At the end of the day, when you know what is the church, what did Jesus ask us to do? Make disciples. That's what we do. People who follow Christ. In fact, we say it like this. Here's our mission statement here at River City. We say more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. That's what we do. We took the Great Commission and just kind of put it in a, a, kind of some action, active phrases that we could act on. Our, goal, our mission here, this is why we exist, more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. That's what we're about. That's God's vision for people, that they would live real life, that their life would be full, vibrant. I didn't say easy, but they'd be real. it would come by passionately following Jesus. I want to say that's God's vision for you. Don't settle for less. How, How sad. If we sit and talk about real life, being a church for real life, God's vision of real life, but it's just something we're talking about. We're not living, experiencing, breathing. That's God's vision for people. That's God's vision for you and I. That's God's vision for our community, this northeast region of San Antonio, this whole corridor where God's given us influence. That's his vision for all the people that you and I know. All the people we prayed for at the beginning of the service, that's his vision for them. Living real life by passionately following Jesus. That's his vision for us in our community, that we would glorify him by serving that purpose and by helping people know him in our community and around the world. That's why we exist. That's what it means to make disciples.
1: And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called What Disciples Do, which, by the way, is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, Here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
2: River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life.
1: And now back to the message, What Disciples Do. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: So, question I want to just address real quickly is how how do we go about making Disciples. Well, the New Testament tells us how to do that. Understand something? Those first disciples—they they knew that part. They didn't wonder how do we make disciples because they'd just been through three years of disciple making with Jesus. Okay, which is like the best. Everything went downhill from there. Okay, but they knew exactly how to make a disciple because they were—that's what they were—and Jesus had just walked them through that. Okay. So what we want to look at is okay, how do we make disciples? I want to introduce you to a concept called the five decisions on the journey to real life. Many of you have been exposed to this. It's really the answer to a question that's in Acts 2.37. Okay? We see these five decisions, they pop up all throughout the New Testament, and we've put them together in an answer to what we call the Acts 2.37 question. You remember in Acts chapter 2, Peter preached this incredible sermon. Okay, The spirit had fallen, Peter preaches the sermon, and the people, it says, are pierced of their heart, and they ask a question. They're kind of convicted. You remember what the question was? What should we do? What should we do? I think when God moves and stirs on people's hearts today, they ask the same question, the Acts 2.37 question. I think it's a very natural response to the moving, the leading, and the convicting of God's Spirit. And so they ask, what should we do? And we've taken these five decisions, and we really, we structure our entire church. There are five key ideas in the New Testament that are critical. Here's what they are. Follow, connect, grow, serve, share. Those five decisions, we believe that if you will, in the way the scripture says, make these five decisions, you will put yourself in a place. You will put yourself in the way of the Spirit's work to where you cannot help but grow as a disciple and grow as a follower of Jesus Christ. Five decisions on the journey to real life. Follow, connect, grow, serve, share. And I tell you that to just let you know, and maybe you'll understand our ministry a little better. Everything we do is organized around those five decisions. Everything we do is designed to call people to and support them in those five biblical decisions. Follow, connect, grow, serve, share. In fact, we believe that those are so critical. We believe as you read through the New Testament that a balance, of these, a balance of these emphasis will lead to health. In fact, look at the growth. what we call the growth tree. Remember, we talked about this. We, I showed you this diagram with the root principles, the stuff you don't see, it's under the ground. But then we talked about the trunk, the stabilizing force. We believe these five decisions give us balance in our ministry because there's always threats to balance and health when it comes to a church. In fact, we, we really think you don't have to focus all that much on church growth if you'll really focus on church health Growth will take care of itself because healthy things grow, right? So we see those five decisions as giving us that stability and the balance needed to be a healthy, biblical New Testament church. Problem is imbalance is just kind of how we roll. There's a couple of key things that happen. Like when we first started this and we were just this little group of people in our living room, right? Um, It was very simple to understand what we needed to do. We're supposed to be a church, God's calling us to be a church, and we look more like a little dinner party. Okay, so what do we need to do? We need to go get people. We need to go reach people. Good. That was very plain and simple. Here's the deal. If you have any success reaching people, um, that can create some problems because people come and they have opinions and preferences. You ever dealt with people? You know about that, right? Not us, not you guys, but other people. They're terrible that way. You guys are awesome. But they have opinions and preferences and it becomes harder and harder to stay focused. So you have to have some reminders. Wait a minute, this is what we're about. This is what we're called to do. This is how we are balanced in our ministries. There's another threat to balance in the ministry and it's usually the guy standing up on a platform talking to you every Sunday, okay? Because we ministers aren't exempt from having, even among those five decisions, there are maybe things that I'm more passionate about or that I feel more comfortable in or that are kind of my kind of sweet spot, if you will. Well, we ministers can emphasize one part of that to the exclusion of others and create an imbalance in the church and create an unhealthy church. You ever been a part of a church that you go, man, it's such a great church and I think the pastor's great. Why doesn't it grow? Why, does it, why isn't it healthy? I don't understand it. Typically, the answer is there's some imbalance in how they carry out their ministry. They're overemphasizing some things to the exclusion of others. And so these five decisions are really important. As a pastor, I better make sure that, that on the pastoral staff, we have other people who are gifted, they're, they're called, they're leaders who, who have passions in those other areas that aren't necessarily my first choice. And so it creates this sense of Balance. And so kind of where we're going to kick this whole thing off, we're going to talk about these over the next number of weeks, these different decisions. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because it's fundamental, it's core, it's foundation. Real life begins with the decision to follow Jesus. Real life begins with the decision to follow Jesus. Okay, when I say follow, okay, you're like, well, for the disciples, it was really easy, right? Jesus said, follow me. That meant get up from what you're doing now and walk after me, and okay, they understand it. For us, what do we mean when we say follow? What I mean when I say follow, and what I think Jesus meant for us when he says follow, is, and I think the principle is basically the same, you follow in, in that you organize your life around something as your main pursuit. That's what I mean when I say follow. Organizing your life around something as your main pursuit. And here's the deal. We all follow something. We all follow something organizing your life around something as your main pursuit in the course of my life i have followed a lot of different things i followed polo remember i told you that That was going to be my profession i was going to be a professional polo player that was my family's background that's what i did that's what i was going to be about and i was a christian understand but if i talk about organizing my life around something as my main pursuit polo would have been at that time in my life that thing And I just thought Jesus was, you know, of course he was my Lord, but he was going to be a part of that. But if you looked at my calendar, you look at my checkbook, you look at the things that indicate what am I organizing my life around, this was it. I wanted to do this. That was, at that season, probably what you could say I was following. I followed at different seasons of my life, music. I'm a musician. I love playing music. I perform music, written music. And I love that. And uh, there are times when if you look, you might say, wow, it might seem I'm organizing my life around that as my main pursuit. In high school and early college, I got to tell you, I followed girls. Don't judge me. Look at you. Like you're sitting here, we never did that, Sean. No, honestly, and I was a Christian. I was a Christian kid. I believed in Jesus, but I was also really interested in girls. And, you know, so I thought about that. I wanted to, I wanted to meet girls. I wanted to organize my life around that pursuit. In seasons in my life, I probably organized my life maybe around money. Making it, keeping it, security, thinking about it more than I should. I'm organizing my life as main pursuit. Success. You know, we ministers aren't exempt. I'm sometimes realizing we've been organizing our lives around success, whether it be a ministry or other pursuits, whatever. Maybe you have followed some different things in your life. Maybe you could, if we sat down and talked, you could go through the list of things that you say, yeah, I've probably organized my life around different things as my main pursuit. Well, that's what we mean when we say follow. And Jesus said this, Matthew 16, 24, He said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I want to take a few minutes this morning and just talk about what does it mean to follow Jesus? How do you actually do that? What does it look like? A couple points. Number one, to follow Jesus means to put him first. To follow Jesus means to put him first. Remember when Jesus was asked the most important commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is Matthew 22, 37, 38. This is the first and the greatest commandment. In other words, it all starts with your heart. To follow Jesus means to put him first in your heart. That's why this is a matter of worship. That's why following is simply the behavior of worship. It's what it is. Worship is what you put first in your heart. Following is the behavior of, the behaviors of worship. In Luke 9, 23 and 24, a different version of what he said in Matthew 16, but he adds something. And he said to all, if any would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Listen, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. It's that paradox of surrender.
1: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message called What Disciples Do, or this whole series, it's available right now on demand when you find the sermon series called A Church for Real Life at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note that this program blessed you, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.